In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. So with you, when you have carried out all you've been ordered to do, you should say, we are servants and deserve no credit. We have only done our duty. Luke 17.10. This is the Lord's response to a question about faith posed by his apostles. The story is about a servant who has spent all day in the fields. He comes in, prepares his master's meal, and waits on him before rushing off to shower, take a power nap, grab a bite to eat for himself. Jesus asks his apostles if instead they would usher the servant in, make a fuss of him, ensuring he was comfortable and fed before expecting him to continue with his duties. I'd fail. I'd be out in the fields with cups of tea and biscuits. We do that with our workmen here. Then I'd have him come in to rest and make him a sandwich or microwave some leftovers and perhaps even suggest he takes a nap. That's just how I operate. I have a mum heart. On reading this verse, though, I think if I give those who are paid and expected to do a job for me rewards for doing what I'm paying and expecting of them, then more than likely this is how I'm behaving towards my Lord. I expect a pat on the head and a respite for doing the job I was supposed to be doing in the first place. Beware, I warn myself, how I behave during my earthly life will reflect how I expect God to react to me. I need to keep grace firmly in the forefront of my mind. I need to remind myself that I cannot earn my way to heaven through good deeds. Salvation is not a reward system. We tend to view ourselves as faithful stewards. Like the Pharisees, we want God to know all about our fasting and our tithing to gain a special place in heaven. Jesus's followers ask for advice on increasing their faith, and they get an earful about being servants and not deserving credit for doing what they're ordered to do. I think the next time I feel good about myself as a Christian, I need to remember these words, I am only doing my duty. A tough but humbling lesson, what? 
Well, good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. Today, I'm welcoming two guests, both lifelong homeschoolers and graduates on two continents, America and England. Laura Ellis and Joshua Williams will be with us in just a moment to give their uplifting testaments to the value and satisfaction of homeschooling, no matter where you are in the world. I'll be talking about the significance of today, our pantomime rehearsals, which are proving to be a hoot and winter creeping up on us. So settle yourselves down with a cuppa and a warm bowl of oatmeal or an oatmeal biscuit, depending on whether you're breakfasting or tea timing. I'm ready to get social. Today is Remembrance Day, November the 11th. We call to mind all those who sacrificed their lives for us during wars and conflicts. In the 21st century, the day also commemorates every survivor who is living with horrendous wounds sustained during these conflicts because of the great strides made in medical technology in recent history. Armistice Day is why Remembrance Day is on this date. At the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, the armistice was signed and guns fell silent after four long years. At 11 a.m. today, after the last post was played, a final farewell, everyone stopped what they were doing to keep a powerful two minutes of silence. In order to acknowledge the day and the men and women to whom we owe our freedom, the Royal British Legion sells poppies to raise money for veterans. On the streets of London, everywhere we look, there's a poppy pinned to a lapel. John McRae wrote his famous poem, In Flanders Fields, after he saw the poppies blooming amid the turned-up ground of battlefields turned graveyards in France during the First World War. Lawrence Binion's poem was read at many special services today. This verse is the most famous. They shall grow not old, as we that are left behind grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them. Well, how was the time change for you in America? Did you even notice it with all the atomic clocks? Gone are the days when we used to solemnly go around the house with the children manually changing each clock, forgetting one or two, especially in the cars and the air-conditioning thermostat. We'd second-guess ourselves. Was this the right weekend? Then we'd go to bed looking forward to an extra hour of sleep. Now it's all automatic. Where's the fun in that? My schoolteacher daughter completely forgot about it since we'd fallen back the week before during her visit to England. She woke up early and spent an hour wondering why she couldn't go back to sleep. Last week, I had the first of several conversations with graduated homeschoolers. Jenny Hodgman from Australia told us the story of how her unstructured schooling experience gave her the courage to go where her dream took her and the surprising results of her world travels and adventure. I know our conversation encouraged many of you listening in with worries about compromising your children's future by not sending them to to traditional school. I, for one, found Jenny to be a shining example of the independence and self-knowledge that can develop naturally when homeschoolers are encouraged to work out their own futures with support from their families. This week, I'm pleased to welcome back Laura Ellis for the third time to my show. Laura is a lifelong homeschooler, writer and speaker who lives in Oxford, England with her adventurous husband, Nick, also a lifelong homeschooler, who's working on his PhD in theology and teaching Greek at Oxford, and her young son, Liam, whom they've been homeschooling since birth. And I think she's expecting their second child at the end of this month. Through her work as a marketing writer for Sunlight Curriculum, Laura challenges young people to live passionately and with purpose. Hello, Laura. Welcome back. 
Hi, Vivian. I'm glad to be here. And also with us today is Joshua Williams, who's the oldest of six home-educated children. Joshua and his family live in England, and after graduating from home, he worked in the building trade for about two years before taking entrance exams for university. He's in his second year of an education degree and plans to become a primary age educator. He's currently in Italy for a term, one of the perks of education in England. Welcome, Joshua. Welcome. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Just enjoying a cup of tea. I don't have any just... oatmeal. This oh, you don't have any oatmeal. Well, that's yeah. my favourite thing to eat at the moment, so uh, <laughs> that's what I have. Um, Joshua, you say um, that you're in Italy completing a, um, or, yeah, doing a term, just one term, which is, what, 13 weeks? No, it's actually um, one year. I decided to do uh, a year instead of just one term. It, would, it seemed oh. better oh. to uh, learn the language. And how are you coming with um, Italian? It's um, it's difficult, especially because Italians love to speak to you in English to try and improve their English. So oh, okay. uh, everybody speaks to me in English. <laughs> okay, so you're in northern Italy in Bologna, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's correct. And and where are you living? Are you living with a family, or did you find yourself your own flat? I'm actually staying with um, another young, um, a young, another young man from the from the local church I go to, which was uh, which is very good. It was nice to get in with some of the uh, local young young Christians. Oh, okay. Well, good, good. All right. Now, Laura, let's move to you. You're in Oxford right now. How long have you been there now? Two years, three years. We've been in Oxford for two years. We're starting on year number three, okay. and. Uh, just learning all the time here. My husband hopes to finish his dissertation in the next couple of years. So we're, we're hoping we're holding out for our children to still develop the beautiful British accent before we leave. Well, you're in the right place because that's where the Oxford English accent came from. <laughs> that's right. And I, I hear that you're expecting your second child. Yeah, so it could be any day now. Hopefully no surprises on the show. But uh, it, it probably the, toward the end of this month, we'll have our first little girl. Oh, good, good. So Liam will have a sister. Any ideas on names? Uh, I think that debate might continue on the way to the hospital, actually. <laughs> Just so wait until you see her. <laughs> yes. Every book that we've checked out from the library of Liam's new baby sister, all of the books have named the baby Susie. So Liam, I think, is convinced that this baby will be a Susie, just like all the characters <laughs> in his books. Um, so uh -huh. he may be in for a surprise along with the rest of us as to what this name will be. Um, well, just before we get to the end of this first little segment, um, we have about two minutes. Um Laura, explain just briefly um, homeschooling. How many children were in your family um, while you were homeschooling in America? Right. Um, I grew up with four children in our family. I was the second of four. And uh, my mom and dad began homeschooling uh, in the early 80s. And they, they really thought that they maybe invented it at the beginning. They didn't have okay. a ton of support. Uh, but they, uh, I would guess I would say it was a pretty traditional homeschool with a mixture of um, structure and then lots of uh, literature-based learning. Uh, so they really encouraged us just to read lots of great books around particular topics. And uh, and we all, the older ones got to help the younger ones. And it was a very flexible uh, type of homeschooling scenario, I guess I would describe it that way. 
Okay, Joshua, and you, can you describe your homeschooling environment quickly? Um, well, like, uh, like Laura says, we were, we were in a very early home-educated family in Britain. Um, my mum and dad didn't have so much support. So in the beginning, we, uh, my mum found it much more, um, much easier and much better to, to follow quite a structured um, approach, quite a, quite a, a nine-to-one approach. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we've as we as we've progressed through the years, and my brothers and my sister have um, have you know started home educate and um, and are going through their education. Mum's approach, my mum's approach has become much more fluid, much more um, agile. Well, we'll be back in about ninety seconds. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown, and after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Okay, Joshua, so um, just before we went on the break, you were saying that um, you, your mother also thought that, you know, she was the only one, didn't have an awful lot of support out there for um, homeschooling here in England, and um, that you had a structured... Um, sort of uh, school until a few of you, you know, a few of you got a little bit older and your, your mum kind of um, found out exactly how she wanted to do it and realised that she could kind of be a little bit more flexible. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? 
All right. Um, now, I'm going to ask you this first, Joshua. Um, I think um, a lot of people think that homeschoolers miss out on their peer group, you know, everybody in the classroom being the same age. And obviously with homeschoolers, we don't have that. We have a lot of mixed ages. So what do you think are the advantages of interacting with a variety of age groups at home rather than with one peer group? And how was this an asset once you graduated and went out into the world? I think um, a point that... um that I would like to raise first uh, is that for me, home education is, is, has mostly been about my family, uh, the, the relationship with my family, growing up with my family. Uh, that, is a, that is a very large part of my, of my belief in home education is, is, the, is the family relationship. And obviously a benefit of um, growing up uh, in such close proximity to my siblings was that I um, grew up um, into a strong, I believe, a stronger relationship with them than I would have had otherwise. Um, I was able to learn with them. Uh, me and my brother, who are uh, young, who is younger than me, uh, we were very, very close. Um, and so this this has enabled us to 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 um, to look to the future and a, a very close future, which I appreciate. The, the benefit for 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 growing up with people uh, of different ages is that you th- is that you um, learn to appreciate people of different ages um, uh, learn to appreciate the the um, how to how to deal with people um, a big thing for me was that I was changing nappies at the age of nine so uh, and younger so that, that so that this has helped me to interact and and um, to deal with t- uh, people of different ages um, my um, my love of children and the reason I want to be a teacher is because I, I since I, I used to look at uh, different adults who who weren't able to relate to children, who weren't able to relate to younger people or to older people, and I, I couldn't understand this because I could always relate to my younger siblings. So I wanted to become a teacher to to be able to relate to these children and help them with the stage of life that they're in. And so, Laura, um, how do you think that um, mixed ages in your homeschool prepared you for college and beyond? Oh, I totally agree with Joshua's point that it's it's such an advantage, I believe, to... Um, well, first of all, I think it's kind of um, an an unrealistic preparation to be constantly surrounded by people who are within a year of your own birthday. Um, Mm -hmm. 30 people in a classroom is not really how our society functions. You know, I I think it's, um, you know, my opportunities to interact with my parents and other adults that they respected and who were mentors for me um, in my homeschooling really prepared the way for me to see professors as mentors in college as well, um, to not be afraid to ask questions and to dialogue with professors and to debate with them and uh, in a respectful way uh, to really gain the most from those conversations. And I, I was kind of taken aback sometimes by other students who would kind of see that professor as the enemy, someone who is waiting to, you know, hit them with a test at the end of the week. And I really mm-hmm. saw that opportunity as a chance to interact with someone who had something important to share with me. And I think homeschooling is a great preparation uh, for that. And um, I I know also we spent a lot of time 
you know, when we'd study a history, a certain portion of history, we would spend time talking to veterans from a world war, or I would talk to my grandmother about, you know, her ancestors' experiences out in the wild west in the pioneer Mm -hmm. days teaching school and, and being able to hear those stories from older people about history and about the history that they'd actually lived. I believe that made that come alive to me and, um, help me just gain a respect for older people, uh, as well. And just all that they can bring to those relationships. And I've seen that carry over in my work as well. Um, you know, to be able to interact with supervisors and bosses in that same way with confidence and with respect, uh, because you, you know, you're just comfortable working, um, in a variety of age brackets. So, I think it definitely is an advantage for sure. Yes, well, I, I hear some people talk about um, traditional classrooms and how the teacher, I mean, in order to be able to get their classroom sort of manageable, they have to be obeyed. And so there's not an awful lot of room for, you know, individuality and students giving their own their ideas. And so the teacher is viewed as this person that if you start to make a suggestion, they'll just cut you down. So when you go to college, that's kind of carried through with you. Whereas as, as homeschoolers, we get more of the opportunity to relate to older people um, in a way that, you know, they respect your views and you respect theirs. And, you know, it's a give and take and everybody likes learns from each other all right um how um laura looking back on your experience as a homeschooled student um what did you value the most about your experience do you have something that you valued above everything else Mm, you know i think the relationship aspect is probably there's so many benefits from my home education experience. I'm so thankful for those parents who, you know, I'm sure it was not easy, especially in those early days of pioneering out into the unknown. Um, but I, I tell them all the time how thankful I am for the investment that they made in my day-to-day life in shaping my character. Um, you know, just the sheer number of hours that we spent together that we would have spent apart otherwise to get to know each other, uh, to be there to have to talk about what was going on in our lives, about the things that we were experiencing. We were able to converse about them while they were happening. And uh, it was just such a relationship builder. And now I have a very deep friendship with my parents and with my siblings um, that really has impacted my marriage relationship, my you know, the, I, the way that I raise my children, uh, the way that I interact with other people and view the world. Uh, so I believe that investment is probably the absolute biggest, you know, I think academically it's important to have a good foundation, but I do feel like you can almost catch up. You can almost learn anything at any time, but there are some of those valuable shaping Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. in your early, you know, your growing up years that you can never get back. Uh, You can never have that time with your children again, you know, that's so precious to really instill in them who you want them to be and what you, you know, want them to value. And so I just, uh, I think that was a huge gift for my family. Wonderful. And Josh, you've already spoken about the fabulous relationship that um, homeschooling enabled you to have with your with your family. Um, do you have anything that's apart from that that, um, you know, was a, a, an outstanding experience? Um, I, th- I think like, like Laura uh, said, I, I would agree with almost, well, everything that she said, and she said it in a very very wonderful way um if i had been first i'd have said exactly the same thing i think <coughs> excuse me um a wonderful thing for me was that um i could focus on 
other things um, outside the, the, the specific um, bookwork or the, the, the school education that we did. Um, I, uh, last week I, took a, I was having a Bible study here in Italy and um, the girls who were involved in the Bible study had just finished doing some homework. And here in Italy, homework is a huge, huge part of life, um, right through school, right through university. Um, there is so much exterior studying. Um, and one of the girls said, oh, I love drawing. I'm a very good artist, but I just don't get the time. And I felt mm-hmm. that this was sad because... Mm-hmm. This was another skill, another thing, another advantage she had, and something that she actually loved to do. Mm. Uh, that was that was good for her character, but it was being pushed out by the, the need to do her homework. Um, and I just loved, I appreciated the fact that we were encouraged to do different things. We were encouraged to um, to follow our pursuits. I used to read avidly, um, mm. and still do. And that that, that was a, a very big. Apart for me, apart from the relationship in the early years, relationship with my family, the the ability to focus on different things outside mm-hmm. traditional bookwork was um, was a very, very, very important thing for me. So, um, your parents obviously made this decision when there weren't very many people homeschooling or home educating in England. So, what made them make this decision? Um. As far as I know, it was a variety of um, different influences and different um, different ideas. Um, my brother and I were in a um, private Christian school because I'd been to a normal um, school um, when I was five, and my parents didn't like it. They didn't like what was being taught. They didn't like um, um, the, the basic idea the basic idea of the school. So we went to a Christian school, um, but that would have turned out to be too expensive for 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 a large family. My parents wanted a large family, and at the same time, we went to visit my cousins and my auntie and uncle, who are missionaries in Africa in Botswana. They mm-hmm. educated. This seemed to be mum experienced. My mum experienced this while we were over there. We actually learnt with them for two months. Um, and so mom, to, to mum and dad, this was an idea, a way that they could have a large family, that they could um, be with the family, that, and that they could, that they could um, teach us the, the, um, the ideas, the beliefs, the principles that they sincerely believed in without handing us over to, um, to people that they didn't know. So it was, uh, it was this idea. Um, but as I say, it was it, there was nobody else really doing it at the time. There was very few other families um, who were educating at home at the time. So it was a big decision. So it was a brave stand that your parents took, and obviously um, a very successful one from hearing what you're saying. And we're getting ready to go on a break. For those of you just joining us, I'm talking to Laura Ellis in Oxford and Joshua Williams in Italy, both homeschool graduates with wonderful stories to tell about their unique experiences and how they viewed home education and learning with their families. Hopefully you're being encouraged not to worry about whether your children will be all right without test scores and classrooms. Stay with us while we break for a few moments and we'll continue with our conversation. Well, I was going to say, when we get back, we'll just um, touch on um, how you decided what you were going to do after homeschool. So that'll give you something to think about in the next 90 seconds here. 
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection. With host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on Toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things. And are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 central here on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I'm back, and um, Laura, I want to ask you, how did you, dis- how did you go about deciding what you wanted to do after you'd finished homeschool? Well, I, I yes. yes, I believe that it's really interesting to look back through my childhood and to look at what I'm doing now in my career and as a mom and look back to my childhood and actually see some of those uh, things that I'm doing now. I actually, you know, began a love for those things, even as a very young child and maybe never would have guessed that I would have been doing that um, as my, as my career, but it's wonderful to see how those gifts um, blossom and how the Lord opens up opportunities to use what you love. Um, I knew that I wanted 
wanted to uh, attend university and just be able to explore, you know, to go to a liberal arts university to explore lots of different subjects and ideas. Um, but communications is something that was really um, just an area of interest to me. I don't know whether that started from all the creative plays that we wrote when we were homeschooling or the poems that I like to write, um, but I knew that I wanted to write and I wanted to be able to create and um, and to influence people, to spend time with people. And so those are my goals going through college and um, after university. I spent a couple of years serving as a missionary in Africa. And so although I didn't spend lots of time writing marketing articles during that stage mm-hmm. of I learned so much about the human story and, and really, de- I think, just developed a love to be able to share people's stories and to communicate that. And uh, now for my work with Sunlight, that's part of what I do is to share the stories of lots of homeschoolers and their experience and to share that with a broader um, audience. And so I don't view marketing so much as just sales for me, but it's storytelling. And that's something that, you know, is just developed early on in my homeschooling. So I guess that that's kind of a quick overview. Yes, yes, that's very good. Um, Joshua, how did you go about deciding what you wanted to do after homeschool? And I think you left school and did something before you actually went to university. So tell us about how that happened. Yes, um, I... Um, finished home education at the age of 17 um, as I'd been given a, a, a an apprenticeship by a, a Christian builder I knew um, and I didn't need the, the any qualifications for this so I went straight into this and I worked with him and with other builders for two or three two or three years two, about two and a half years it was um, as I wanted to be in the building trade I, uh, I still appreciate building I still love building and I, and I actually miss building while I'm at university I used to say that I would never go to university that it was for many people that, that it, it was a good course for many people but that it wasn't necessarily for me um, but then I started to work with children and I noticed the fact that um, if you build someone a wall, then you are doing them a, then you are benefiting them. You are um, giving them something. You are helping them with something. But it's all, it's cosmetic. It's um, it's wall. Whereas if you are, if you spend time, if you spend a year, if you spend five years with a child, and you um, you help them with their strengths, you work with their weaknesses, um, you can actually benefit that child for the rest of their life you can give them something for the rest of their life you may never see them again but you've you've been an impact on their on their life so for me the main the main way i could do this the main way i could help children uh, in this way was to um was to um study for a for an education degree a primary education degree so um that's that's why i'm here at university so you did your first year in England. How many years is it? Three here? Four years. So you did your first year in England. Where, where did you go? Well, uh, I, I, I actually studied in Aberdeen uh, in the north of Scotland. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I came over here for a year, uh, and then I'll be going back for two more years to Aberdeen. Okay, so they have a, they have a program there at the university where you can study abroad? Well, in in the UK, we have um, uh, it's it's Erasmus. It's it's called the Erasmus program, okay. which, which works all over Europe, and it means that you you are encouraged um, and given the opportunity to to study at many different universities all over the UK. Oh, sorry, all over Europe, mm-hmm. and it's 
it's seen as a, as a good move because it widens your widens your skill base, it widens your knowledge base, uh, and for 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 usual um, university graduates, it's um, it's a it's a first move out into the world, away from home, that sort of thing. Obviously, for me. Um, it was. It, this isn't my first time living away from home when I went um, abroad, and that was again another thing that university uh, that home education gave me. You know, the mm. ability to uh, move away without having to go through the uh, university system. I love that wonderful analogy you made between building a wall and working with children. You know, the wall is there, but if you work with a child, you've you've. Um you know, set them up for the rest of their lives. I think that's just absolutely incredible how you've been able to turn that around. And once once you get your degree and are teaching children, you can build a house for you and your family to live in. So you'll still be able to use your building skills. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Laura, um, I don't know if in previous conversations we've talked about Erasmus, have we? No, we haven't. Oh, we haven't. Okay. Well, I seem to um, that seemed to pop up. That that sounds really interesting. Have you come across that in in Oxford? Yeah, no, actually, I've been. Um, I, I see the trend to have the extra time at the end of um, secondary education before university. That a lot of yeah. t- you know students will take some time to do mm-hmm. something for a year before they go on to university. Uh, but the Erasmus program sounds fascinating. Uh, I think that our wanderlust. My husband and I are always looking for another place to go yes. <laughs> and more study to do. So this might be a dangerous conversation for us to meet Joshua. <laughs> Find out about it. Well, I'll link. Oh, uh, Laura, um, some of my listeners um, will probably be trying to decide whether or not um, they can homeschool their, their um, older um, children, you know, through the high school and get them ready for university. Um, what would you say to them? What would you say to these parents who are worried that maybe they're not capable of um, guiding their children in the direction that they feel that they probably need to go in order to be able to academically um, get where they want to get? You know, I, I think every, every family is so different. And I believe that, you know, my husband came from a very, uh, his family is very strong in, in testing and, you know, my family was very much uh, laid back about um, the method of learning. And it's just been interesting to exchange those experiences and to see that the key ingredient seems that you're passing on to your children a love for learning and uh, resourcefulness. Uh, if you know how to find good books and you've developed a love for reading, you can learn anything. And I think that just seems to be the key ingredient in really setting your children up to be able to pursue what they want to pursue and to give them the confidence that they can succeed um, in that. And I think a lot of parents are, yeah, there's this trepidation going into high school to think this is a totally different ball game, but you know your children, you know them best, you best know how to shape their character. And, uh, and I think that carries on for high school. I know we used a lot of resources for secondary education, like our local university. Uh, and I, I really encourage parents to tap into those resources. Mm-hmm. I took a, an astronomy class, a biology class, and a chemistry class at uh, my uh, 
local university and was able to get college credit while I was in high school, which mm. was helpful for my college experience to save a bit of time and money, uh, but also to have that, you know, to test the waters to say, you know, here in high school, I can already have this experience of what it would be like to be in a college classroom and to get that objective feedback, which was mm-hmm. quite helpful. And I think helpful for my mom as she was teaching four kids to have some of those class that uh, teaching time shared as well. So, um, Joshua, how did you um, transition, well, I mean, from building to university? Did you actually have, do you feel that your homeschooling held you back or were you able to get into the university um, without too much trouble? How did that work? Well, um, because I had gone straight into the building trade, uh, I hadn't actually sat any um, qualifications. Uh, like, like you said before, I went back to what would be college to uh, to sit the 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 exams that that I needed to to be able to get into university, um, and even though walking up the, the stairs every morning with uh, a group of people who were at least four years younger than me was mm-hmm. um, to, quite a struggle for a year. Um, it was it was good because I had the I had the motivation to get the results. I had the confidence that I could get the results. Um, because I, I knew where I wanted to go, so I knew what, and I knew what I had to do to do, knew what I had to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, as as far as getting into the university, um, when the the university that I'm at, the University of Aberdeen, um, appreciated the fact that I was that I was home educated. I went up for a uh, an interview um, with the heads of my department and. Um, we were both very, very enthusiastic about my experiences, both very, um, very enthusiastic about home education in general. Um, they um, commented on what a polite uh, young gentleman I was, which was a full testament to my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they were very, very confident, very, very assured that I would, um, that I would uh, get, get into university that, and that they actually wanted me to go to their university because I'd been home educated. So I found and that so it was... Did you have to take a test to get into the university? Not for the specific university. I had to do okay. a year of exams and an interview to get into university. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, good. And so you don't feel that being homeschooled was a, was a um, well, stumbling block or... No, no, because as, uh, as Laura has said a few times... I've found through the past few years that if there's anything I don't know, if there's anything that I need to know, then I can go out there and, and get it. I, I've come to Italy because I want to have another language under my belt. I want to be able mm-hmm. to speak to people in Italian. Um, so I've, I've come out to do that. A few years ago, I, I started to teach every summer and I needed to brush upon my grammar um, for, for that. So I taught myself, retaught myself grammar. So with home education, it's more about the... The, the ability to do what you need to do, the uh, the ability to learn instead of what you actually know, which I uh, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the discipline of independent study stood you in good stead to be able to get on and, and get what you wanted. Yes, yes, yeah. to a certain extent, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go on our um, third break. And um, when we come back, I'll be talking to you for about another 10 minutes. And um, here we go. (laughs) 
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the rock star marketing boot camps, check out the website, CraigDoeswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Doeswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Are you ready to get your woo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books, and personal breakthroughs? Then it's time to tune in to woo Radio. Love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. With your host, Lisa Stedman. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation, and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woo woman, Lisa Stedman, wants to help you discover the woo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature woo way of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one-size-fits-all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly woo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from boo of rock bottom into the woo of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, lisastedman.com. Join us for Woohoo Radio, love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. We're going to go back to you here, Laura, um, because I know that you have eight habits to develop before college. And while we don't have time to do all eight of your habits, we have about five minutes with you. Could you give us a couple and maybe direct us as to where perhaps we can find them online? I mean, oh, right. It's funny you should ask that. This is actually from, uh, I have those eight habits posted uh, to my blog, which is www.lifeasareffdraft.blogspot.com, which I'm actually just kind of actually reinstating this month. So hopefully there will be some new materials soon for people to read. That might be the last post. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I I think that that those habits. I'm trying to remember what some of them are. I know that some of them we've really discussed already, but they're just foundational things that in your homeschool, I think that you can sweat the small stuff, you can sweat you know the grades and the test scores and all of that all along the way. But these are just you know eight habits that 
are probably the essentials. And one of those that we've discussed already is to develop a love for reading um, Mm -hmm. children to help them to read widely, uh, to be able to interact with different people of different ages. Um, Also to just learn to express humility. I think in the homeschool community, you know, we've been defending the case of homeschool for so long that actually you can survive and thrive in the workplace and in college as a homeschooler, but also to be able to express, um, to express yourself in a way that you remember that your gifts are gifts from God and not something that you've earned yourself. And I think that's really important. Um, no matter what your schooling background to be able, if you are coming from a faith background to be able to have a strong witness and just really to point and give the glory to God for this success that you've achieved, that there's no, um, educational background that guarantees success in life, but that life is a gift from God. And we want to reflect that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, so I know I've asked you before, but um, have you come across any other homeschoolers there in Oxford? I know the last couple of times you've spoken, you really, I think you said there was somebody maybe on your road that homeschooled, but you weren't sure. Right. I mean, I think that, you know, homeschooling definitely is um, a rarer bird here in England, but we have met two very strong homeschooling families uh, that have been such a great encouragement to us, especially as we begin that journey with our own children. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's been fun to see uh, the, the different ways that they're approaching that. But uh, both of them have large families, one with six children, one with five. And uh, actually, one of the, the families is using the Greek and Hebrew program, BibleMesh.com that my husband is working on. And so the, his, this 10-year-old is is studying Greek and Hebrew and doing so well. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's just encouraging to see them already thriving at this young age and exploring these great opportunities. So mm-hmm. I think they'll definitely be movers and shakers to kind of support the homeschooling movement here in the UK. Wonderful. Um, uh, Joshua, so how are you getting on now in university? How, how did people react to you being a homeschooler or were there a lot of other homeschoolers there at your university? Um, no, the, I haven't met any other students who were home educated here in Bologna. And, um, I didn't and so how do they react when they find out that you're a home educator? Um, they're often... Um, Often mixed reactions. I think mm-hmm. uh, I I definitely played I definitely played um, played up the fact that I was home educated in Aberdeen because I was on a home edu- I was on an education degree, so I wrote about my education my home education a lot. I wrote um, presentations about it. I um, talked about it a lot, and I think that there was. Um, um, there, there was a there was a general reaction. Quite a few people weren't too bothered. Quite a few people weren't really very fussed. But there were some people who were a bit um, a bit not incredulous, but they they were they were quite surprised. They were quite um, obviously. Why? Uh, <laughs> you know why? That's that's the kind of reaction that my daughter gets here. <laughs> it was more that you know I seem to be. A normal person in their eyes. Um, mm-hmm. I seem to be somebody who was doing well with the degree. I seem to be somebody who was surviving in life. And mm-hmm. their idea of a home educated individual is somebody who's uh, socially inept, uh, mm-hmm. somebody who shouldn't be at university hanging out with normal people. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a strange thing. So to be able to 
especially within a home, uh, within an education degree, to be able to show people that mm. there is another way of doing it, and this other way opens education up. It mm. makes um, education more free, more um, oh, sorry, freer, more, um, and it gives you more ideas yeah. to use your activities, your skills. So yeah, it was it was, it was a good opportunity. Well, great. And so your your plan is to teach primary age, which is what five kindergarten up until eleven. Is that is that the age group? Yeah, yeah, that age group roughly. Yeah, yeah uh, and 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 that's where you live. You live up in Edinburgh. Is that where you live? No, no, we actually live in the um, in the uh, very south, very south of Scotland. Uh, okay, so. In Aberdeen which is about six hours Oh, Aberdeen. Sorry, yeah. And so you, you want to teach, obviously, close to your home, I would imagine. Is that where you want to teach? Um, I, I don't... I, I'm not actually fully fully sure yet. I, I, I'm not too keen on teaching um, in the UK, at least not straight away, because there okay. is um, great, um, great restraints placed um, on teachers in the UK. My idea is to use my degree... To um, to help children who who wouldn't necessarily have family uh, and a, and a sense of home uh, without and, and also the the, um, the opportunities um, if if I if I didn't teach them so maybe I, I've done a lot of work in uh, Africa with my with my family and I'd love to okay to Malawi something like that and teach out there all right all right um, well. Thank you both very much. I'm afraid we've come to the end of our time. You've both been very, very valuable guests. I'm sure our listeners are going, well, there's nothing to worry about. My, you know, homeschooling is going to work and my kids are going to shine as these two wonderful examples that um, you have been on my show are doing right now. I've been talking with Laura Ellis, a lifelong homeschooler who's developed eight habits for college and encourages young people in her talks and writings to live passionately and with purpose by keeping God as the focus of their lives. And Joshua Williams, also a lifelong home educator who's at college studying to be a primary age educator. I'm sure you'll agree that both these young people shine a great light in the homeschooling arena about how their unique upbringing prepared them for college and the job market. Have a great weekend, both of you. Laura, I wish you a happy delivery. And thank you so much for joining me today, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. Well, it's getting cold here. Um, oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. And we've been doing panto, my husband and I. I've always enjoyed going to the theatre to see the holiday musical production of a children's fairy tale, shamelessly dressed up to please and amuse family audiences with jokes carefully structured to go over the young ones' heads while their parents giggle at the double entendre or racy innuendos. The gags are all about local events, news and customs, and to the visiting foreigner, the cleverness of the asides would be lost, but the sheer energy and larger-than-life gestures of the English traditional pantomime is still within reach of even the most severely challenged audience members, regardless of race, gender, or age. One of the points of etiquette in panto is the mandatory audience participation, and regulars instinctively know when to shout, look behind you, or oh no you haven't, or oh yes you did, or simply ah! 
The one we're working on is called Jack and the Beanstalk, and Jack is played by a girl. His mum, the dame, is played by a man. The leading lady is a beautiful ingenue, and the prince is handsome and ill-fated. There's always a baddie. In our case, it's Uriah Creep with his two henchmen and a goodie, the magical fairy. At rehearsal, my blue-eyed cowboy is getting excited about the props and set design and has already come up with some wonderful ideas and effects. Oh, no, he hasn't. Oh, yes, he has. Luckily, it only runs for two weeks, starting in the middle of December with a break for Christmas and continuing until January the 1st. Well, as mothers and homeschoolers, we appreciate only too well how the holidays come around fast. I'm talking about Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year, all just a step or two around the corner. There are activities, festivities, lots of preparations and hopefully a few teaspoons of fun. Enjoying them can be a challenge for busy women like us. That's why I was so pleased to be asked by my friend Sandy Fowler, host of Heartfilled Holidays here on Toginet Radio, to be part of Your Beautiful Holiday, the Busy Woman's Guide to a Beautiful beautiful and stressless holiday season. I'm one of 12 women who are going to talk about how to make this holiday season the best yet, as my children say. I'll be telling you about how we made new traditions in our empty nester celebrations last year and hopefully give you pause for thought as you consider letting go and enjoying your family togetherness more this year. So go to www.yourbeautifulholiday.com to register. The event has started, but it's not too late to jump in there. There's free prizes, door prizes, and surprises every day until midnight on November the 16th. This is my gift to you, and you can pass it on to other busy women in your lives. Go on. Treat yourself. And I'm looking, and it looks as though I've managed to rave on for yet another hour, which has flown by again. We're off to the residence meeting of our block of flats this evening, and then tomorrow there's an autumn fair at our church where all kinds of homemade goodies, edible or not, will be for sale. In the evening, we're going to a rehearsed play. Well, it's a play reading about the war in honour of Remembrance Day weekend. Funny expression, that. So I'll be back same time, same place next week with the third of my homeschool graduate series, which you won't want to miss. And without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome, clean-shaven husband, um, who believes in love at first sight, our four children, who are the result of that belief. I miss you three in Texas. The hardworking staff at Turgenet Radio, my guests, Laura Ellis and Joshua Williams, and my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, Sarah, many others who are a part of my growing audience. Don't forget to listen to my friend Sandy Fowler, Heartfield Holidays, right here on Mondays at 1, and my stay-at-home parent, Ali Lepreet, who's at the other end of today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Togenet.